Good morning, and good to see everybody out this morning. I'm glad you survived the, the weekend, and if we can get through the next couple of weeks of school, you got it all, uh, maybe just a week. Uh, at any rate, it's, it's great. Loving this time of year. I'm glad you're here. Uh, my name is Randy. If you are a guest with us today, it's good to have you in our worship time together. We are uh, looking at a series for a few weeks now called I Love My Church, and what I, I love uh, the church, but I love to hear you guys uh, echoing that back sometime in an email or a text or whatever it might be. And we're hearing a lot of uh, really positive things happening through our groups. If you did not get a chance to be in a group this time or just because of the season it didn't work out well, uh, we're going to be offering more opportunities for you to do that uh, and get engaged for a, uh, a limited time, obviously, in a sermon series. So we hope you'll, you'll take advantage of that uh, next time around. But for those who are in groups, been hearing some incredible things happening. I know our group's going great and really building some good relationships there. So we're going to continue today talking about service. Before we do that, though, let me ask you this. I'm just curious. How many of you have seen Avengers Endgame? All right, more, more than I thought. You know, um, I, I don't know a lot about this. I'm not really a big uh, Marvel comic kind of guy. You might imagine that. Um, but uh, this looks like it's going to be the greatest hit of the entire series. You know, I didn't realize that there were like 22 films in this. Uh, there were a lot of them. This one is big. I think this one may be the, like the second gross, in, gross movie ever made. Uh, so that's, that's pretty incredible. And uh, you know, you hear about this and I think, well, who are the characters? There are actually about 28,000, over 28,000 characters in Marvel Comics. So they could uh, write several mo movies, obviously, about this. But basically, these are, these are uh, superheroes, people like uh, Spider-Man, Captain America, and Wolverine. And even if you've never seen the movies like me, you're one of those guys that doesn't really appeal to as much, we all recognize the names, right? We all do. We, we, we hear those names, and we know who those people are. They have a specific power that they've been given uh, that they can help one another, and they can save the world. For example, Superman's the one, and he's been around a long time, but supposedly he was bitten by a spider and was given the power to be able to climb walls, jump around like crazy, swing from webs, and anticipate danger with his spidey sensors. You know, I've never seen the movies, and I'm, I kind of know what that guy can do. But um, So here's the thing about it. You're, you're asking, well, what does this have to do uh, with uh, loving your church? And I think it probably has more to do with it than you think about it, because there are some parallels and there are some connections here uh, that, that will really show us what a superpower uh, a superhero could do, superpowers. You know, when you look at the word superhero in the dictionary, it says it's a person who is fictional, but is a hero having extraordinary or superhuman powers, an exceptionally skilled or successful person. And I guess that probably would define a lot of the heroes uh, in the, the, the comic, uh, Marvel comics. Uh, they are, um, they're fictional, of course, but they have these powers but I think the definition is probably incomplete because we're going to talk about superheroes today who are not fictional, who are real people, who are very much a part of our world, and, and understand that you can be a superhero yourself. That's what I want you to kind of get from this. Because superheroes are more than fictional people. They're real people. They're more than extraordinary, empowered individuals. They, they use the powers and abilities which they've been given within a specific context to help in a specific way. That's what we're going to talk about today, and that God has given us gifts to help where we are, where we are right now, because we all have a context, right? Let me ask you this. Who's the hero of Metropolis? Superman. All right, yeah. Throwing at you. Who's the hero of, of uh, Gotham? Batman, right? Who's the hero of uh, Journey Church? 
We hope that you'll be that person. We hope you can find that, that person uh, who's not a fictional person, obviously. So that's, that's kind of the idea. Superheroes, they have a specific context and they have a specific place that they serve. But the most important thing is that they actually use the gift that they have. You actually use the gifts that you have because uh, we're going to talk about that and the gifts that we have and do we actually use them for the purpose they've been given. Because for the superheroes, whether it's flying or whether it's jumping or super sight or whatever it may be, if they don't really use the power, they're just a guy sitting on a couch, right? And unfortunately, in the church sometimes, that's where we find ourselves, just people sitting around and not using the powers and the abilities that God has invested within us. And so we're going to talk about that. Having superpowers is one thing, but actually using them is what it takes to be a, a true hero. And by the way, did you know that if you are a Christian, that you have been given a superpower, a gift? Not that you're going to be famous, probably never going to be a comic book written about you. I hope not, or anyway. You'll never make a movie or be widely known. But the reality is that God has gifted each of us in a way to use our abilities in a specific context to help in a very specific way, and we can be a hero because of that. And using that definition, I know a lot of heroes. In fact, I'm looking at a lot of heroes out there because many of you I've known for years, and I know what your gift and what your abilities are, and I see you using those to bless people, to glorify God, and to find fulfillment in yourself. And that really is what we're going to talk about when it comes to the area of serving. God has given you to be a part of a community, a team, and a place to serve with some very special gifts. Again, when you became a follower of Jesus Christ, you were given some incredible gifts. One of them, you were given the forgiveness of your sins. I mean, if you understand the impact of, of sin, you understand that God, when he gave you Jesus, he gave you forgiveness, your sins to be taken away. That is a huge gift. But even beyond that, we are given a part of God to live inside of us. The Bible teaches us that God is God the Father, God the Son Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit. And we understand kind of about who God is, and we know a lot about Jesus by, by looking at the Gospels, but the Holy Spirit's a little more vague for us. But the great thing is that God has put a part of himself inside of us, his Holy Spirit, and his work in us is huge. Several things the Holy Spirit does in our life. We couldn't talk about all of them, but just a few. The Spirit helps us. The Spirit teaches us. The Spirit intercedes for us before the Father. The Spirit gives us power, and the Spirit gives us spiritual gifts. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and see what Paul has to say. He says, now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. <clears throat> there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Now notice what, what Paul says here about God is being at work in all of us. That God is at work in you. I don't know what you're doing for God on a daily basis, but understand that you ought to be serving Him because when you give your life to Christ, you commit to a lifetime of serving and living for God. And God gives each and every one of us, I believe, opportunities, but he also gives us at least one, sometimes more than one, spiritual gift. So we ask the question, what is a spiritual gift? It is a Holy Spirit-empowered ability that is given to us to serve others and to glorify God. Look at it again, a Holy Spirit-empowered ability 
given to us to serve others and also to glorify God. And so it's like a super, a spiritual superpower given to you for a specific context, a place where you are to serve and to serve in a very specific way. Now, what are some of the spiritual gifts? Well, we could spend several messages talking about it, but real briefly, here's a list, not exhaustive, uh, but encouragement, the gift of giving, the gift of leadership, the gift of mercy, of service, of teaching, the gifts of administration, the gift of discernment, the gift of faith, the gift of helps, knowledge, wisdom, uh, many others uh, gifts that are given, and most of them are pretty self-explanatory. I could walk through what it means to teach, but, but you probably know what that is already, and you can see how all of them would be helpful to the church. The different needs of the church, the different areas of the church that, that are practical, that have to be done. And so many of the spiritual gifts are just that. They are very practical gifts. A job needs to be done, and someone is gifted to do it. You know, uh, Rodney was up here earlier. Rodney has the gift of service. I mean, he just exudes service. He, he, he loves it. His kids serve. They, they, they model, uh, model after him. You can just see service coming out of him. And so many of you all have various gifts. A lot of service gifts in the church are necessary. But God has gifted us in that way. And there's a couple important things to remember about gifts because not only is there misunderstanding, there's also confusion about why do I have the gift that I have? And do I have a gift at all? For some people, they wonder. But I assure you that you do. You just have to discover that. But here's a couple things to remember. First of all, remember that God is the one who picked your gift. God is the one who picked your gift. You probably or may have picked something different if it were your choice. But God is the one that's given you that gift. He is the one who empowers us and who is at work through us. In Romans chapter 12, we're reminded that we have different gifts according to the grace given to each one of us. So none of us did anything to merit or deserve or earn this gift, whatever it may be that we have. God in his infinite wisdom, his love, power, and care knew exactly which gifts ought to be given to each one of us for your personality, for the context where you live, and also for the situation. And that's good to know that we're not, you know, that it wasn't a random thing that God chose these gifts for us. It's also good to know that we shouldn't waste our time being jealous of other people. Have you ever looked at another person and say, man, I wish I could do that like they do. I wish I had that ability. We shouldn't do that. You know, we shouldn't be jealous at all, but certainly not of spiritual gifts or wish that we were gifted some other way. Instead, we ought to spend our time trying to identify, to acknowledge, to develop, and then use the gift that God's given to us. Because God has given you a gift to make you uh, make you a unique person and to make a difference in the community and within the world. So God chose it. Secondly, this is a spirit-empowered gift. There are plenty of great teachers. There are plenty of great servants and wise people who aren't even Christians. So I'm not going to say, say that you have to be a Christian to be a good teacher. I'm not suggesting that. But I'm saying there's a big difference between great teaching and teaching that's empowered by the Holy Spirit. Because one is just natural ability, and the other is using supernatural abilities given to us by God, infused and empowered by the Holy Spirit of God. One's just passing along information, and hopefully inspiration, but the other one is information and inspiration that is now empowered and guided by the Holy Spirit of God. That's what the gift of teaching really is all about, and each of the other gifts uh, have their own unique qualities as well. 
Now, what I've also found is that your gift may also parallel your natural abilities, your natural talents, and also your interests. I mean, I see people doing things that they obviously uh, enjoy doing, kind of maybe they do the same thing at work or uh, or they have another interest, a hobby, whatever it may be, but they use those things because they're common interests, but they in turn may parallel the spiritual gift that you're given, and so that talent is used for the glory of God and to bless other Christians. So understand it's an empowered gift, and understand that you have at least one of these amazing gifts that you ought to be using for God and to glorify Him and to bless other believers. Now, I would say some of us know what our gifts are. I mean, again, I said earlier, I could go across the room and, and probably identify certain ones of you by your gift because that's what you're, where you're serving already. And you're using those gifts in a great way. I would encourage you uh, to continue on in that and develop that and maybe stretch yourself a little bit. Others of you, maybe you don't have any idea. You didn't even know till 10 minutes ago that you even had a gift, first of all, but you've not really discovered that. You haven't really uh, found out what God has you know, gifted you at, and you're, you're trying to wrap your head around the fact that you might actually contribute and bless other people. So I want to encourage you to do that. Others of you, maybe you've discovered that you have some sort of gift, but you've just been using it in a natural way for yourself, and you don't realize that it's God-given and to be used for Him. So the big question we might want to know is, how do we find out what that gift is? How do we discover? Well, there are some spiritual gift surveys out there, and uh, you, can, you can Google one easily and find one. Uh, they're not always totally accurate. Uh, they can be biased. You can be biased about how you answer the questions a little bit on those gifts. So uh, they can be helpful, but let me give you some practical ways. The first way is to experiment in serving. To experiment in serving. If you would have to say, you know, I really have never served anywhere, just find an area and get started there. You know, just kind of devote yourself, give it a little bit of time. You don't have to, you know, be a 40 hours a week person on that, but, but just give yourself a little bit of experience by experimenting with something, maybe in first impressions. If that kind of strikes with you, the folks who are out there uh, don't just happen to be loitering around. We've asked them to be out there and, and welcome people, you know, and, and look for people who uh, may not know where they're going or that deer in the headlight look we all get when we walk into a new room. Uh, maybe that's an area that you like just to have the gift of hospitality. Or maybe you love little kids. Uh, you can wander by the preschool room over here and see that there's a lot going on. Sometimes a lot of activity. They could use some help. Or in children's ministry or in student ministry or in you know, working facilities. If you're a person who do things with your hands, uh, you know, we got uh, 20 acres and almost 50,000 square feet we try to keep presentable. And there's a lot going on. So there's always areas that you can be involved in. And flexibility is, is always a, a big thing as well. So try out something for a month or two and just see how it works. At, at the end of that time, ask yourself, hey, how, how do I think it's going? And, and then ask the person that you may be leading you, how do you think it's going? You know, because it may not be the same thing that's happening there. But if you both agree that things are going well, then it may very well be that, wow, this is kind of my niche. You know, God may, he may lead us to that niche the very first thing. But, uh, but if you feel like it's not where God's called you to be, or maybe somebody else says, this is definitely not where you're called to be, don't be discouraged about that. You know, don't be discouraged at all. I just want to encourage you just to keep trying and, and move on to something else and ask, where do I see some good results? Where, do, where am I blessed? People seem to be getting a blessing and I believe God's glorified as well. Another thing is to ask other people. 
Ask the people that you know. Maybe ask your spouse because they know you pretty well. Or ask a, a friend, some, what, what do you think I'm, I'm good at? Where do you think I might plug in? Because sometimes we see the gifting in other people more than we see it in ourselves. In fact, most of us, we would probably say, I don't have any gifts at all. But someone else could say, no, no, you do. Have that conversation with them because uh, God has given us each other to bounce uh, things off from. Also, check your energy level. Uh, if you are doing something to serve, then it's going to uh, give you energy. It's not going to drain you. It's not gonna, you're not going to be dreading going there. Uh, you're going to feel some passion about it. You're going to feel excited about it. And, uh, and also, if you discover what you think your gift may be, then there's the area of where do you use it. Because you may have the gift of teaching, and you may be trying to teach adults when you really ought to be teaching children, you know? And so you got to figure that out and discover the niche. It's a very practical process to discovering. But whatever it is, don't give up and don't be discouraged. And here's the other great thing is that we, like the Avengers, we have a team. And we have a team that we all work together and we have different abilities that we combine. No superhuman can, hero can do everything except Jesus. He, he could do that, but he's left us here. He's empowered us to do the work here, and we're to do it together. And we rely on each other, we work together, and, uh, and we try to get God's work done collectively. Look again at Romans chapter 12. Paul says, For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to you, each of you. For just as each of you have one body with many members, and those members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. <clears throat> if your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. So Paul's talking again here in Romans 12 about our giftedness, and he's specifically saying that you and I need to recognize that God has given us these gifts, not for ourselves, but for one another. In other words, your gifts were not given to you for you, but they were given to you for other people to get a blessing from. And I would think that would take away the ego and the jealousy in our lives. And really ought to remove any, anything like that because we should be humble and open with our gifting, recognizing that we're all different. Just like, I mean, one of the analogies we said earlier was the body of Christ. Just like every member of your body has a different function, you don't expect your feet to do the same thing as your hand. You don't expect your, your knee to be the same as your elbow, right? We all have different purposes in the body of Christ, just like our human body is differently gifted as well. And because we're one body, we are uh, actually members of one another, and we have to rely upon each other. Because there are things that I can't do, have no interest, no ability to do. Other people are very gifted. So your gifts are my gifts, and my gifts are your gifts. And I think everyone in this room ought to understand that we have a place to plug in and to be a part of the body. Now, to me, that statement, that scripture, gives me two things. First of all, a lesson in humility, and secondly, one in responsibility. Humility, because the gift is not about me. It really isn't. And if I am good at something, then it's a gift that God may have given me. If you're good, then I need to recognize that. But the other part is responsibility. 
I think responsibility is huge because God knew that someone would need what we could give and that maybe no one else particularly could provide that. And so God, in his, in his wisdom, God put us together and gave us each other. And now we need to choose to use those gifts as, uh, as, you, as gifted by him together to build up the body, which is the church, the body of Christ. So we're all part of a superhuman team, and that's the great thing, that we need to rely upon each other, but we also have to be responsible and, and not limit the use of our gift. Now, even going a little further, expanding on that, our team, we have a community that we are set in. We have a context here in central Kentucky. We have a city near us in need. Have you ever noticed how many of those uh, superhuman uh, superheroes movies began with a crisis? They began with a, a dark city, or they began with a crime spree, or they began with some injustice or some need. Some sort of action needs to be taken. Nobody's doing anything. Things are falling apart when suddenly a hero burst on the scene. And I, I think it's awesome to think about that God has given us uh, a light to shine in a dark place. And we have an awesome place to live, but the need is great. The need is great for Jesus, that people don't know Jesus like they're supposed to. And our job is to bring a light into that, and it takes a lot of activity. It's not just standing on the street corner preaching Jesus. It's more than that. It's building a community of faith that people can be drawn to and ministering, serving to our community. People need us, and God wants us. God wants this to be an alive, active church community, always reaching out more and more people who are willing to serve and use their gifts. You know, we can always use volunteers in some of the areas I mentioned earlier, our graded ministries, first impressions, facilities, other areas. And even beyond that, a greater community that needs to see Christians active and moving. You know, I was uh, the other night at our union in the community, which, by the way, was, was an awesome service. I was talking to one of our elected officials in Frankfurt, and he said, you know what? Journey Church is, is one of the couple churches in our community that makes a difference. I love to hear that. It was unsolicited, uh, but that was very encouraging to me. He says, when I think about this church, and he doesn't go here, when I think about this church, I, he said, this is a church that makes a difference and serves our community well. So I think that's an encouragement, but I will tell you, we can do so much more for the cause of Jesus Christ, so much more to be the hands and feet of Jesus. You know, our mission as a church is to move people on a simple journey toward Jesus. And no one is going to take them all the way to the destination. Each one of us are just a little a person on the way with one little task that will move them a little bit closer. But my question for you is, what are you doing personally right now to make that happen? How are you moving closer to Jesus? And how in turn are you moving other people as well? And if you're going to have to honestly say nothing then I would challenge you. I would say maybe it's time to step up to volunteer to help start moving people. Because not only do we serve it, it's not just a big machine that operates. The goal is to actually keep moving people, moving people toward Jesus. That's the call that we've been given. And there's so many ways for us to start making our community more aware of and more interested in Jesus. And serving is a very big part of that. Can you imagine with me for just a little bit, imagine what Journey Church could be able to accomplish if every one of us were aware of and were using our spiritual gifts. Can you imagine what that would be like? I mean, I believe the Bible teaches that, that God has given every church, everything, everybody that they need. But obviously not all of us are doing everything that we should. 
But imagine what would happen if we just decided, okay, we're going to do that, every one of us using our gifting. Can you imagine what Versailles and Central Kentucky would be like if we just did, if any church did that? Obviously, we'd have no control anywhere else, but what if we did that and just used the gifts that God has given to us? And I believe that truly we could change the world and we could bring glory to God in some powerful ways. But here's the problem. The problem, obviously, is that we got a lot going on in our world, right? And many of us have never stopped to consider, what is the gift that God's given to me? What is that gift? Can you imagine if you walked into a room and there was a table with this beautiful, huge gift, all wrapped up beautifully, and it had your name on it? And someone said, this is yours, and this is going to be the greatest gift that you ever received. And not only that, are you going to get the greatest fulfillment, you're going to get the greatest joy, more happiness than you've ever known. Not only that, but you're going to be able to use it without losing anything to yourself. You're going to be able to use that for everybody that you know. Everybody's going to enjoy this gift. Just go open it. But you decided, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to walk out the room and let it set. I mean, most of us would not do that, right? But we do that with our spiritual gift. Maybe we never even pursue to find out what that gift is or where it might be used to, to bring glory to God. We open a gift and we use it. And if you're a Christian and you're not using the gifts that God's given to you, uh, then there's something wrong. There's something missing. Something missing. I just want you to know that not only does God want you to use the gift and not only does the church need you to use that gift, but that you're missing a huge part of what God has given you personally if you're not serving him in some capacity. And I want to ask you a powerful question. And why did God give you to this church? Why did God give you to this church? You are a precious child, a precious gift from him, but God gave you to this church. You've got to answer the question why. Because you're not here by accident. I believe that if we're seeking God's will, we're going to be where God wants us to be so why did God bring you here? Why did God give you to this church? Many people ask what they can get out of the church, but that's not the right question. The real question is, what can I give to the church? And what does God want me to do in the body of Christ? And what is keeping me from finding out and doing it? Don't be an unopened gift that God has given. That is such a waste of a life. Seek and find what God has given you and discover the ways that you can use it to build up the body of Christ and also our community. You know, superheroes in the church are, are just regular people. They look like everybody else on the outside, but they had discovered their gift and they're using it to help one another move on a simple journey toward Jesus. And in the same process, we grow ourselves. It's how it works. I want to challenge you that you can be a hero. You can be a hero for Jesus and also a hero for a lot of others. You know, there are kids in the back right now, and there are some adults that are probably sitting on the floor with them while we talk, and those are heroes to those kids. They will impact their lives, and when they're adults, they will never forget the impact of that person. That's a powerful way that we see our gift is being used, and there are many, many others, because I can tell you the superheroes of my life growing up who helped make me uh, the person I am and grow in my faith. And we can all do that and be that and experience that as well if we all work together. One way we love our church is by serving. Uh, around the outside of the room, like Rodney pointed out, there are in the back, there are some tables that 
explain some ways that you might serve. And if you have not found your place or maybe even tried to find it, I would encourage you to stop by, just browse through them. Uh, there are some areas of interest that you might find that God may be calling you to and experiment and ask other people, what do you think I might do? How, what am I good at? God's gifted you in some special ways, and I challenge you to find them. It's all a part of us moving on our own spiritual journey a little closer to Jesus. We're going to go now to a time of decision and, um, and response, and part of that is uh, if you would like a, someone to pray with you, I'll be up front, be glad to do that and spend some time, moments in prayer, or talk about your next step for Jesus. But, but the other thing they want to do collectively is respond in a time of communion. And we do this every Sunday because we believe that once a week is not too often to really commune with Jesus and focus on what he's done for us. And so if you are a believer, we invite you to come and share with us. We just ask you to come up the two side aisles and, um, and then circle back into your seat. But this is the time for us to celebrate what Jesus did for us, how he served us. Uh, he said the Son of God did not come to be served, but to be a servant. And the way he did that was to lay his life down for us. And so as we take this little piece of bread and this cup of juice, it's a reminder to us of his sacrifice, his serving for us, what he gave for us. And I challenge you to do that, reflecting on uh, your life and the next step for you, but also recognizing the death of Jesus. Let's pray together for this time. Lord, God, we thank you for your Holy Spirit in our lives and the gifts of your Spirit that you give to us to not only glorify you, but also to bless one another and to find spiritual growth and maturity. Lord, we want to discover that and we want to use that for you. And God, we also want to just recognize what a powerful place Jesus has in our life and what he has done for us. And this moment and this time is it's just an awesome way for us to discover that and to reflect on it. So Lord, we thank you for the juice and the bread. Lord, may we uh, take them in a way that is honoring to you and celebrates your love for us. I pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.